Adrift in the great void of space, the personnel on Moonbase Alpha have experienced so much that is strange and inexplicable. They have become accustomed to expecting the unexpected. Paul, did you hear that? You hear what? I don't hear anything unusual. Welcome to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character -character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. All right, everybody, this is me, Icy Robots, and as we ride on the mellow tip, as we bang the gong and light the incense, this week we are going to take a look at an almighty Marvel Universe Titan, a godlike being, a being created before the Big Bang. Yes, the eater of worlds himself, Galactus. One of one of the most misunderstood and powerful beings to ever appear inside of a Marvel comic. What we like to do on this show is take a look at the character, but we like to look at it through the lens of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, a comic book that Marvel published in uh, the 80s and 90s. They, they still actually publish it every once in a while, supplementals and whatnot, but we... Uh, we have the original version right here. I got it actually in one big paperback. I picked it up at the flea market recently before I was going issue through issue, but I got the whole thing in one big paperback. So we like to take a look at the character as how they were put in the handbook of the Marvel Universe. So let's, uh, let's get popping on that. Let's learn what we can about our man, uh, I don't know if he's our man, our dude, our, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, what we can discover about Galactus. He was the sole survivor of a universe that existed before the Big Bang. Galactus is perhaps the most feared being in all of the cosmos. Untold billions of years ago, he was born the humanoid Galen on the planet Ta. That is spelled T-A-A. I don't know if it is pronounced Ta or Te. I'm going to go Ta. I think that it kind of has that softer sound. But uh, that's weird. So Galactus's given name is in fact Galen. It's interesting. It might be Galan, because it's spelled G-A-L-A-N. So it could be Galan, but I'm going to go Galen on this. But he came from a planet of wondrous scientific and social achievement. However, his universe was in its final stages, with all of its matter plunging forward into one big ball that they referred to as the Cosmic Egg. The event that caused the ball was called the Big Crunch. I like that. All these things, you know, Cosmic, big, crunch, bang. These are, you know, these are all good, uh, these are good words. And anyway, Galen was a, uh, a space explorer, a man of science. It's interesting how many of these Marvel dudes are, in fact, uh, space explorers. But he discovered a radiation plague threatening all of Ta. And though he was initially scoffed at, the truth became clear as the people of surrounding planets began to perish. So, he was a lot like, uh... He was a lot like Jor-El, you know, he discovered something that was going to lead to the end of his, of his people, but at first they're just like, nah. But eventually they came around, unlike the Kryptonians, so despite the efforts of Ta's great scientist, no cure could be found. I'm reading this off right now because I don't know, I'm learning this just as you are. Uh, there's recently been some things with Galactus and a comic that I read, it's got me got me interested in the character, and I realized I do not know a lot about this dude in the first place. But, uh, despite, you know, the efforts of Ta's greatest scientist, no cure could be found, and the population began to die off. Galen convinced the handful of remaining survivors to die gloriously by flying a starship into the blazing cosmic cauldron. See, that's dope. They're just like, you know, 
we're going to go out, but we're not going out like suckers. We're going out like men. We will take a ship and we'll fly it right into the thing. I can dig it. It's like in Crisis on Infinite Earth when the, uh, the Superman of the crime syndicate, I cannot remember his name, but as the crisis, you know, as the wall of light is coming closer and closer and he's with the crime syndicate Green Lantern, uh, Power Ring, I believe is his name. And, you know, they're scared. They can't save everybody. But uh, the Superman of the Syndicate, he decides, I'm just going to fly into that wall because I'm going to go out like that. I'm going to go out, you know, I'm going to go out fighting. I'm going right into it. You know, he knows that they're at the end, but he just wants to face it that way. And the people of Ta, they wanted to face it the same way, too. But as they went into it, somehow they were absorbed into the cosmic egg and only Galactus survived. And, uh... The fact that he was inside of the egg allowed him to survive even further. And as the big crunch, you know, absorbed in his whole universe, he he was still there. And being inside the cosmic egg, it changed him from the being that was formerly Galen into the being now known as Galactus. Yeah, I know, right? But it wasn't quite as easy as that. What happened was... He emerged from the Big Bang, intact inside of the ship. The entire rest of the crew was dead. Actually, I'm incorrect. Two other people were in there. One of them uh, was turned into the cosmic being Eternity. And another one was turned into the cosmic being Death. You know, the Marvel great cosmic beings. And they uh, they came out of the ship as, as like pure energy and... A watcher was there on the planet, and he saw them, and he realized how dangerous they could be, and he knew that he had the power to destroy them at this time, but being a watcher for one of the few times in Marvel history, he stuck to the tenets of being a watcher, and he did not interfere, so the beings, you know, they went their separate ways, and, um... Galactus, who, you know, technically he might still be Galen. This guy still had, you know, the acumen of being a scientist. So he took what he could find and he built himself an an incubation chamber that he went inside of to try and, you know, complete his evolutionary cycle. But before he did this, he took the ship and all of its occupants and just, you know, sent them off into the great beyond. So he basically chilled out inside of his incubation chamber like a, like a baby chicken inside of an egg for many, many, many centuries until a, uh, a vast cosmic war uh, eventually reached the planet he was hiding out on. And one of the sides, thinking that his uh, incubation chamber was some kind of a weapon, fired upon it. And it awoke the giant himself, Galactus. And he came out, destroyed the dudes who fired on his chamber, destroyed their enemies. Uh, and then he built himself a suit of armor. Because at this time, when he popped out, he was like, he was a being of pure energy. He was, he was light. He was forced. He was radiation. Like, he, he was just like a big ball of energy. So he, he built himself a containment suit to uh, allow him, you know, a more uh, bipedal sort of appearance. The appearance that we see today. And he fed upon the planet. I don't know if he mentioned that. He ate the entire planet. He was, you know, he was starved after his centuries of rest. And he just devoured the planet whole. And, you know, he went about his merry way. He eventually, like, he acquired himself a spaceship, you know, a large. I would imagine this is just a gigantic ship. I can't even imagine how big it would be, you know, to contain somebody uh, Galactus's size. But he got himself, got himself a ship. And he went out there. And now, at first... 
he was all you know okay he was always the eater of worlds he was always going to be this this is what he needed to do but at first he went a long time between feedings you know he went centuries and he spent that time trying to find uninhabited worlds he could feast upon sometimes he couldn't but when that happened he would rationalize it like well you know, I'm a superior being. I am, I'm beyond these people. And much like you might uh, step on an anthill by mistake and you go, well, they're only ants. You might feel a bit bad about it, but you're like, eh, they're only ants. They'll, 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 uh, there's more ants in the world. That's what Galactus would think when he had to eat an inhabited world. And over time, Galactus began to care less and less. At first, it really was an issue for him. He did not want to... He didn't want to destroy civilizations if he didn't have to, but after, you know, after centuries of being by himself out in space and just growing more powerful and growing, you know, lonelier and just, just suffering the effects, this is what I'm imagining, after suffering the effects of just solitary confinement of just being a dude inside of a ship floating about, just being hungry, being hungry for energy, just having this insatiable need to eat, he... He really began to care less and less about whether a planet was populated or not. If if it was, so be it. If it wasn't, so be it. He he needs to eat. Okay, my guys. Let's take a quick pause right now. Check out some uh this commercial here involving Galactus, and then we will be right back examining some of the powers and abilities of the Eater of Worlds Galactus. I prevented your deaths, for you are needed to save this universe. Listen closely, mortals. I have broken my sacred vow to only observe. It will take all your strength and skill. You must face the world eater known as Galactus. There is a chance, but... It will be difficult. I may give you this one chance to save your world. Such insignificant creatures. They dare steal from Galactus. For that, I will destroy their planet. was kind of fun that was a fan-made trailer for a galactus movie and i i would go see that i would definitely go see that it would have to be better than his appearance in the uh fantastic four movie with the silver surfer that was that was pretty bad let me grab the guide i dropped it on the floor during the last part of the shoe so now we're gonna uh reference the guide here and we're gonna take a look at some of the details about galactus and his abilities all right our guy is 28.9 feet tall. I would imagine him to be taller. In my mind, Galactus was always like, I don't know, 200, 300 feet tall, but he is in fact only 28.9. He weighs 18.2 tons. His eyes are of an unknown color. Also is his hair an unknown color. I wonder. I bet it's white. Like a silver white. That seems like... I know that people here on Earth have that hair color, but... 
when you see somebody with like silver white hair, it gives them just like a real alien appearance. He uh, has some unusual features. Galactus's height diminishes by as much as 10.9 feet. Very accurate, very precise, when he is greatly in need of life-giving. So, for us, when we're really hungry, we kind of feel smaller. We feel weak. You know that feeling when you when you just don't have enough calories and you feel just, like, shriveled? You feel bombed out? You feel depleted? For Galactus, it actually happens. He becomes bombed out and depleted. And all shriveled up and small. He's only, like, what, 19 feet tall, you know? So, he's all, uh... Like Hornswoggle from the WWE, WWF, Powers. Galactus possesses cosmic power beyond human measurement. So he, he's off the charts. We can't even, we cannot even fathom or measure how powerful Galactus is. His body courses with the energies of the pre-Big Bang universe endowed upon him by the cosmic egg himself. So when they collided with the cosmic egg and whatever, some of the power of the universe pre-Big Crunch stayed with Galactus and made him the powerhouse that he is. Some of his most rudimentary abilities are the molecular restructuring or conversion of matter, the projection of energy with enormous concussive force, the teleportation of external objects across space or even time, and the erection of invincible energy screens and force fields. So, basically, he can shoot beams out of his hands, he can take you and launch you anywhere in space or time, he can build invincible force fields around his body, and he can just do any number of incalculable things. It's said that, like, these are only his most rudimentary abilities. These are, like, the things he would do, like, flicking a finger or, you know, blowing a hair out of your face or whatever. These are just the most basic things he can do. If he wanted to, he can do so many more things. He can do things that us, as mere mortals, could never ever even fathom. Galactus wears a full body suit of armor constructed from an unknown extraterrestrial metal that permits him to regulate and control his personal energy. So it's kind of, there's so many armored dudes in Marvel. Do you notice that Marvel really loves armor? You got Iron Man and all of his villains. That's like a major character. You got Doctor Doom, who is the most major of all villains, and he has armor as well as magic. You got Galactus, the the scariest, biggest monster of all the times, and he's also an armored guy. Totally, they just love that. They love the armor. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm not whining. I think it's cool. I, I dig, I dig the armor too, but it is, I guess Marvel, a lot of times, they try to be more, and I don't want to use the word realistic, but they do kind of tend to be more, more science fiction based than DC. DC, a lot of times, is more, like, I don't want to say fantasy because it's not, you know, Professor Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, but there's a lot of magic involved. There's a lot of people getting powers through really just dubious, you know, situations. In Marvel, they they do make an effort to keep it somewhat science fiction based and they want to they want to make it so that it does kind of make sense that it's a bit more explainable and I think that armor really falls into that category. Let's see what else we can see about him. Even those beings in whom he has divested a small fraction of his ever-renewing power are able to manipulate matter and energies in ways far beyond human comprehension. I think he's talking about his heralds. His heralds are a, uh, every once in a while Galactus gets lonely and he finds somebody on a planet and he, he gives them some of his power. He endows them with abilities and energies, and then they kick it with him. Really what they do is, 
when Galactus is going to go and murk a planet, these guys go and deliver the bad news first. They go, check it out, make sure that everything's on the up and up, you know, that there's no rotten spots. You know, it's like when you get an apple at the store and you're checking it out to make sure there's no bruises or dents or wormholes or whatever. Galactus sends his heralds down to the planet and they they look for wormholes. They want to see that there's no gross stuff burrowing in there. I wonder when they come down, if they ever, like, just during the course of their investigations, they see things like, uh, the Morlocks. Is that what those mutants were called back in the, you know, in the 90s? They, they hid in the sewers, and they were kind of, they were kind of gross, and Storm, at one point, was their leader, and she, you know, tried to help them to come to the surface and find their place in civilization. Then they got, like, the Mole Man and his Mole Men, they're down in the earth. They're like worms burrowing. I wonder if the Silver Surfer ever feels like, maybe I should pick some of these guys out before presenting it to Galactus. But I don't think that he, I don't think he's so keen on Galactus anyway. Let's, uh, let's just run down a list of his heralds while we're talking about heralds. Because I don't think I'm going to be going back to it. First, you got, you know, the most famous of them all is the Silver Surfer, Norn Rad. He first appeared in Fantastic Four 49. Then you got the Airwalker. He died. He was in Fantastic Four 211, but they also have an automaton of the Airwalker. Then there's Fire Lord, the Destroyer, who was actually constructed by Odin. You might have seen him in, I believe it was the first Thor movie. He's the big metal robot that Thor fought, the Destroyer. Then there's Terex the Tamer, who is also known as Tyros of Laniac. And then Nova, good old Frankie Ray of Earth. They have all, at one time or another, been heralds of Galactus. And one of the things they note in the book here is, for reasons known only to him, Galactus has allowed most of his formal heralds to retain some of the cosmic power bestowed upon them. At one point, I seem to remember that Dazzler was a herald of Galactus. And we are going to try... We're going to try something here. We're going to go on the fly and we're going to see if we can find out some data about that. I know definitely for sure that she was involved with Galactus at one point. Um, oh, it appears as if this was a What If tale. It was published in What If, Volume 1, Number 33, June of 1982. What happened if Terex the Tamer stepped aside and Dazzler became Galactus' new herald? It's a pretty dope image on the cover here. She's using, you know, cosmic energy to fly through space. She has, like, a yellow surface that she's creating below her, and she's roller skating along it, much like how Noran Rad, the Silver Surfer, would uh, surf along the cosmic energies. Dope. Galactus requires biospheric energy from a certain type of planet capable of sustaining life. It appears as if the planet need not actually have life on it. It just has to be capable of having life upon it. My dog is over there squinking up a storm, and I apologize if you can hear it. Uh, I so much prefer to record up on the Jupiter base. There's no dogs. There's no doorbells. There's none of that kind of stuff. It's just nice and quiet in outer space, but sometimes, you know, I'm down here, and it's life. Life emerges all around us. Uh... He's able to extract and absorb the energy himself, but he generally employs a complicated array of equipment to perform the conversion himself. It seems as if Galactus is the kind of guy he doesn't like getting his hands dirty. He could just reach down 
into the mantle of the earth and absorb the power, but he doesn't want to do that. He gets like a big, a big drilling apparatus and all this stuff just, just to save him to having to, uh, expand the energy on his own. And, you know, for the most part, that's probably good for us because in that time where he's putting together the, uh, drilling platform, they, they're always able to stop him, which is good. The Fantastic Four always gets up in him and defeats him. Galactus is telepathic, and he's able to scan the thoughts of any mind he has yet to encounter, no matter how alien or advanced. Although Galactus is capable of space travel, he disdains the needless expansion of energy. Is that the right word? That's what it says here, but I don't... I don't know expansion in that use. That really might be about the limit of what we what we know of Galactus' powers, because it really seems as if it's been stated to us that... Galactus can do anything to anyone at any time. He is, he's powerful, man. He's not quite omnipotent, but he is definitely, he's definitely somebody to be reckoned with. What has got me into Galactus, you know, what has put him in my mind is I'm reading this book called The Ultimates. It's a, you know, current Marvel book. I I enjoy it quite a bit. It's, it's a science-based team with Captain Marvel, the Blue Marvel, uh, Photon, Miss America and Black Panther and they they're sort of taking the place of the Fantastic Four in the Marvel Universe. They are the science exploration team. I think I think they've done their best to just eliminate the Fantastic Four altogether from the actual Marvel Comics universe just because just because the characters are owned by a different movie company. They feel like why should we be spending our time making advertisement, i.e. comic books? For something that is owned by somebody else. And I do understand that. I I completely can understand how that would, you know, how you'd feel about that. But I also love the Fantastic Four and I'm a bit bummed out that they don't have a comic book right now. But The Ultimates is pretty good. If you don't read that one, I recommend it. It uh, got recommended to me by my man Chris from over at uh, Comics for the Win. He's the owner over there. That's the shop I shop at. And he he has never steered me wrong. And this was a big pick because... I think it might actually be my favorite current book. I I look forward to seeing what these guys are going to, uh, you know, explore and solve in every issue. It's just, it's good stuff. But one of the things they went and they set themselves out to solve was the problem of Galactus. They were like, we just can't have this guy running around, just popping in all the time trying to eat the planet. We got to do something about it. We got to think long term. We got to think of a solution. And... They they looked into the background of Galactus, they studied him, they read Wikipedia, they did all the things that I did to make this episode, and maybe, you know, I'll give them credit, they probably did a few more things, and they discovered that maybe, just maybe, Galactus has yet to reach his final evolution. Maybe he is like a Pokemon, and he's only evolved once, when he could actually evolve three different times. So... They they go through this whole scientific process with Galactus, and they change him from the eater of worlds to the giver of life. He changes from blue and purple into white and gold, and his power becomes the ability to go to a planet and bring it back to life. And that was what he was meant to be all along, it turns out. When those aliens that found his chamber that we learned about earlier attacked him, they woke him up before he was fully cooked. He wasn't all the way roasted. He was still a bit, a bit too red. If he was chicken, he might give you salmonella. You know, he, he just wasn't ready. But with the help of the Ultimates, with the help of the Blue Marvel, they were able 
to take him to where he should be. And now instead of being a destructive force, he's a force of good. He's a force of light. He brings life where none was. This was like a really cool story arc to me because I have to admit that Galactus was just something, something that was out there and I didn't know tons about him. Like earlier we talked about an anthill, stepping on an anthill. When the foot hits the anthill, the ants don't think about the origin story of the foot. They just think that they got squashed by a foot and like Galactus comes along and eats us I never really thought about the origin of who this guy was. I just thought he was the foot that was making the earth flat. And after doing a bit of research, I discovered yeah, it's kind of an interesting story. It's not, he doesn't have, you know, have the awesome background of like a Luke Cage or a Dr. Doom or whoever, but it is interesting to think how he existed before our universe existed, how he was actually a person, a person named Galen with, you know, desires and dreams and all these things that we had and... Just due to the, you know, the whole, the whole big crunch and the cosmic egg and all these things, he became something, something beyond other things. It's just, I don't know. It is an interesting story. And I hope that, I do hope that you enjoyed this. I hope that you're having fun learning about Galactus as much as I am. Let's, uh, let's look at the cosmic, the cosmic, the comic aspect of Galactus a bit. His first appearance was in Fantastic Four number 48 let's hop on over to ebay and we will get the freshest prices available we will look it up right now fantastic four number 48 let's look at the sold let's see how much people are actually paying for this book um somebody got a good deal here this is someone got one for 39 bucks oh it has a replica cover we do not want that Somebody had one up for $250, and they accepted a best offer. We won't know what that is. Another one sold for $240. Here is one that's pretty beat up for $86. I'm thinking you can get yourself a pretty nice copy for $200 or up. Here's another one that went for $222.5. I actually, one time I had this comic in my hands... At a very good price, and I did not buy it. We were at the Super Toy Show, the San Jose Duper to Super Toy Show, and somebody had it in the case. It's mostly toys. It's a great toy show, but some people do have comics, and I saw it in a case, and it was uh, 50 bucks, and I had the money. I had more than that, so I stopped, and I'm like, can I take a look at that? And I looked at it, and, you know, it was a bit tattered. It was a bit torn, but it, you know, it's from 1966. What kind of shape can you ultimately expect it to be in? The cover was intact. It had staples. And I put it back and I said, I'll think about it. I'll be back because I wanted to see, you know, the entirety of the toy show. And for whatever reason, I didn't go back. I had the money. I did buy some stuff. I don't remember what. But I just, I didn't go back and get it. And I, I regret it because I would like to have that uh, comic up on the Wall of Fame right now. And $50 for a copy that was in the condition it was would have been a fantastic price. I really... Don't you hate it when you have, like, these 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 regrets of something you didn't buy? Because you know you can't go back. I can't go back there and find it again. I'm sure some other person bought it. I'm sure at this point it's not 50 bucks. This was, you know, before all the Marvel movies were hitting like they were. Now Marvel first appearances are gold. You can get some, you know, decent prizes. But, it, yeah, at some point they're probably going to put every character they have in a movie or a TV show. So the first appearance of anybody who has any kind of weight is 
It's gold right now, man. I would never be able to get it for that price, and I regret it. I regret it. If you got the money, if you can reasonably afford it, and you see something that you really, really want, that you might not have the chance to get again, just go for it. That's my advice to you. Uh, that's my advice to everybody out there. Shopping advice from your boy, Icy Robots. But at this point, we're going to call it a day. I think that I think we've covered Galactus about as reasonably good as we can be expected to. So for me, Icy Robots, and eh, I'm here by myself. Don't got anyone, no uh, engineer, Emily. She's... She's, you know, back up on the station. I'm down on Earth. Iceberg, he's up there too. So it's just for me. This is Icy Robots, audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, episode 6, Galactus. We're going to power down, hit the road. Make mine Marvel. This has been an Icy Robots radio production.